Learning Scripture, Knowing Christ. Welcome to the Hashtag One Fear Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hashtag One Fear Podcast. And this week's episode is actually a webcast of the unknown webcast that Danielle and I joined last week on the 26th. Uh, Don Vino and Ron Hensel of Midwest Christian Outreach lead the charge on this webcast and are amazing guys. I've had the pleasure of finally getting to talk with them, voice to voice anyway, uh, after a bunch of emails. I contacted Don a while back for pointers when we decided to proceed with doing a series on spiritual abuse earlier this year. They are not only full of invaluable knowledge, but they are absolutely fun. Uh, So enjoy the audio of this episode. Uh, There is a bit of stuff that happens that makes uh, more sense on screen. So if you want to watch the webcast on YouTube, the link for that is in the info of this episode. Uh, But otherwise, thanks for listening and live such good lives. Conservative. Rationalized in my head, these are things I read. In and the I'm going to talk about Willow Creek. Okay. Uh, Willow Creek, a few years back, had I remembered invited. at the time when Will Rogers said, I, I don't belong to any organized religion, I'm a Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> I am so conservative. If you didn't jump to conclusions, you might not get any exercise. I am so conservative. And welcome to the Unknown Webcast. This is just a bit of a trigger warning. For those who believe words are more injurious than sticks and stones, I really am so conservative I can't turn left even when I'm driving. In addition to giving trigger warnings to our viewers, Ron Hensel and I both, I say both, drink coffee for your protection. All all two of us. All two of us. And that's the only reason we drink coffee is for your protection. (laughs) It's a very big sacrifice, but it is a big sacrifice. Today, Dominic and Danielle DeGilio joins us to ponder the question: what is the one fear? My name is Don Vino, and I'm president of Midwest Christian Outreach Inc. in Wonder Lake, Illinois, which produces the unknown webcast. And our senior researcher was, is, and will continue to be as long as he stays with us. Uh, the senior researcher. Uh, and he will introduce us the sponsors of today's webcast. And here is Ronnie Baby. Greetings from sunny Florida, where I'm praying that Elon Musk will relocate his business. And also where the palm tree came out, saw his shadow. And now we have 12 more months of summer. Our sponsor for this edition 
of the Unknown Webcast is Worlds and Theology Outlet, your one-stop resource for half-baked heresies, dubious doctrines, and other ideas whose time has gone. Worlds and Theology Outlet and our regular legal disclaimer, our guests on today's webcast, insert named names here. That will be Daniel and Dominic DiGilio. Did I pronounce that right? Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. What part yeah. did I get wrong? <laughs> We're not sure. Okay. <laughs> Well, in any case, you have no connection whatsoever to any of the satirical content of the Unknown Webcast hereafter known as the Webcast, although we probably will not mention it again. This satirical webcast, or I'm sorry, content includes any and all commercials, end credits, puns, smart remarks, or anything else that might fall under the definition of satire. In the meantime, Midwest Christian Outreach Inc. bears no liability for or responsibility for anyone's opinions regarding this satirical content. Our regular announcements. Uh, I notice the opinions expressed in this webcast are ours and should be yours too if you enjoy it or if it really annoys you and you'd like to inflict it on someone else to ensure your continued access please go to midwestoutreach.org click the yellow donate button and contribute as you feel led and never fear this webcast is y2k compliant and don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite video channels now at this point by next week or the week after, I hope to have a little applause button I can press and we can hear, yay, you know, you know, uh, something like that, you know, gargling sound, whatever, to introduce our Maybe, guest. maybe both. Maybe maybe yeah. uh, gargling and applause simultaneously. Yes, I, I think, yeah. So it could so, sound like they're applauding as they're going down with a ship, maybe. So <laughs> I, I tried to mimic Don's pronunciation as best as I could. DeGilio? DeGilio. Yeah, DeGilio. I, I make it a soft G because it sounds more exotic that way. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it was, if it was, yeah, DeGilio, you know, it's uh, from yeah, yeah. Italy, right? Well, that, that, that's kind yeah. of like one of the uh, one of the spokespersons for one of the cults that we exposed years ago. His name is uh, Ted Anger, but it sounds kind of bad to say Ted Anger, so he said it's Angier. <laughs> it sounds less angry that way i guess <laughs> but welcome 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 ron you are a nut bill swick says or bill swick is a voice from the past these snarky wow. apologists himself <laughs> don't ever change and he's right he, he, he too has a snarky sense of humor and we like that uh, and hello uh, to Lady Regeneres. No, uh, or Regeneres. He, he could be no, regenerous. You see, there's no, there's no vowel between the G and the N. Uh, re, re, was it Regeneres? I would say Regeneres. Okay, uh, you I, would say that. I would say it, yes. You would uh, say that, but I'll say... I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look Smith. it up. Smith. I'll just call him Smith. How about that? So welcome to... Uh, Dominic and Danielle, now that you are fully in here, you can't escape too easily, except if you just disconnect and go, we lost our broadband and we can't be yeah, on I don't know what happened. Longer. I don't, <laughs> don't know what happened. Don't Somebody happen. lost a broadband? So, so <laughs> what is the one fear, hashtag one fear? What is Hashtag that? one fear. How, so the hashtag, yeah, so the hashtag is because we try to be Ralphs, but I don't know about that. Try to be what? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Relves. <laughs> yeah, we're what? trying to be relves. What's being a rele rel being relevant? Oh, relve. Oh, yeah, relves. Relevant. Yeah. You're trying to be <laughs> relevs. Well, the relatives. Between the I don't know. I tell, so, yeah. <laughs> See, we used to call the hashtag. We used to call that number. It was a number sign. Yeah, or tic tac toe. One of the, 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I just looked it up on Twitter here, and boy, I'm getting a lot of weird stuff. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like one fear. It's like, is it a game? Is it, is a... it a game? <laughs> we should have our own disclaimer, I guess. I don't know, because who knows what you'll find when you... We actually That's did good. our own search trying to figure out, like, is this a good name? And we found a whole lot of other podcasts that was like, no, I don't know. Oh, so, so maybe your, your podcast name. Yeah, the, the podcast is hashtag one fear podcast okay. and along with the with the ministry and everything. So I just uh, type in podcast after that and see what I get. How's that? Yeah. Uh, you should see that. Uh it's on Stitcher. Yeah, it's a yeah. that's one of them. I think and we have has, one listener on there. <laughs> you, have, you have one follower on Twitter, and and you're not following anybody. See, I think if you follow, oh yeah, we people, don't do, we don't really don't do much of Twitter. You don't do Twitter. Yeah. Well, now you can. It's safe now. You can come over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear it was bought out recently. Yeah, by some guy. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. um, he's not known for much. You know. Yeah. Something with spaceships. I don't know. And and I and think a uh, electric cars that. Yeah, I saw a Tesla go by the other day. It didn't even have door handles. I mean, come on, who's going to buy that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that that, that reminds me of a, of, a, of a meme I just meme I just saw. It said, uh, uh, "When one door closes, the other one opens." Other than that, it's a good car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the one fear? Let's so, go back. So, the one fear wandered around the block. Yeah, so we do the same thing. It's all right. Uh, but the one fear is uh, years, years and years in the making, actually, we, me and my wife have always had these conversations, especially uh, in college. Uh, before we were married, she stalked me a lot and we ended up having different conversations. That's how, that's how it with, starts. Yeah. And it all started with Bible based, you know, because mm -hmm. our my study was youth ministry and, and all that back then. And She'll get me later. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've always been in scripture. We've always wanted to talk about different things. And over the years, uh, we graduated. I went back to, to college to finish uh, a master's in biblical studies. And uh, crazily, she started back to college, too, with working on two bachelors uh, in biblical studies and Christian ministries. Right. Yeah. And, where'd, you guys, where'd you guys do this? Uh, so we we met at Valley Forge. Uh, university University of Valley Forge now. Oh. When we were there, it was just Valley Forge Christian College. And uh, my master's is through uh, Alliance Theological Seminary. And you got yours at Crown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've always had these conversations. And one day we're like, wouldn't it be cool if like we had a podcast or did some kind of streaming thing where other people can have these be a part of these conversations? So, it was kind of just like one of those side thoughts. And then uh, through a series of other events where, uh, wow, it's like a whole lot of people just have really no good thinking in their responses to a lot of things that have to do with scripture. And a lot, we started realizing, wow, these are Christians too. Um, so we we're like, hey, let's, let's let other people in on our conversations. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we do on our podcasts are, usually just the conversations that we've had while we were doing the dishes or just a random text during the day. Hey, what do you think of this? What, what are your thoughts on this scripture and, and all that? But uh, really our, our diehard passion is to approach scripture the way scripture was, should be approached. And that is in its historical context, what did the writer write and to who 
and it's not just, hey, this is God's love letter to me. So obviously, <laughs> if God said that plants that he made were good, so that means I could smoke marijuana, you know, like that's bad interpretation. <laughs> so it's not about right now. It's about all of eternity. So how is God communicating to us through his word? I think there must have been some Christian album back in the 80s that had God's love letter in the title. Don't you, Don? I mean, um, probably 70s. one of the things I have kind of never liked was the My Book of Bible Promises or <clears throat> yeah. these index cards that you can pick up so you can get your daily Bible verse for you for today. Uh, and uh, when you start looking it up, you're going, no, that's not, that's not really, that's not exactly what that means. It's kind of like the story of the <clears throat> individual who Bible decided roulette. to do their, but yeah, their Bible reading for the day. And they said, I'll just, I'll read what God wants me to read and open the Bible. And her eye fell to uh, the passage and Judas yes. hung himself. And they went, no, that's, that's not, no, yeah. I bet God has something else for me. And so they close it and they open it up and the next one is, uh, uh, Go thou and do likewise, and I go. Oh no, that's not. That's that's really no. Close the Bible, opens up again, and says, "What do I do? Is do quickly." That's really not the way yeah. to do good Bible reading. It's also, yeah. you know, like the, the 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 young lady who was trying to figure out if she should marry her boyfriend, and she found a verse that said, "Mark the perfect man," and right away that was it. You know, she knew Mark was the guy. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So we have these kind of stories. So you decided to do this podcast to help people get a grasp on historical grammatical understanding. Does that play into spiritual abuse? And if so, how? We've definitely observed that and experienced it ourselves as well. Because uh, I've always taught that when it comes to different theologies, a lot of different denominations are going to have their theology. Uh, they have their own doctrine. Uh, but I pose the question, what came, uh, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the theology or interpretation? But it's a trick question because it's neither. Translation of scripture was the first thing that came because translation is interpretation. How, how, are, yeah. how are the interpreters really looking at the scripture, looking at the text for, you know, how, are, how is it influencing them? What has influenced them? To interpret it the way that they have so really what it comes down to is that the interpretation is is so important so when we look at it in our native language for us english uh or mostly thereof anyway <laughs> uh, um, or some reasonable facsimile thereof yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of the ways that we've experienced and seen this happen is that we approach the english language in scripture and interpret it in a traditional way. Uh, so for example, we, you can open up any translation of the Bible and go to the song of songs or song of Solomon. Well, which one is it? You know, like it's, it's most likely going to be however you look at it traditionally. Uh, so we want to go back to the, the original text and we want to see how it's translated and how it's supposed to be communicated to the original hearers as well. So then, therefore, we can look at it in the same vein. Mm -hmm. How 
Okay. Yeah. So, oh, so I'm sorry, I didn't answer the question. Um, so, what was the question, by the way? So, yeah. how, does, how does that play out in, in spiritual abuse? Yeah. So traditionally, it's like, well, it, no matter how the church is structured, uh, you have your authority figures, you have your leaders, and scripture says that you should follow the leader, you know, and, and do this and do that. And they will mm-hmm. even use how they interpret scripture to, to reinforce that. Uh, but where are those leaders? Those leaders in scripture are among the people doing the serving, doing the doing their part in spreading the gospel instead of micromanaging everything, you know, and, right. and saying this and that. So for our experience, it was like, well, we started questioning a couple of things here and there. And because we brought up that these questions, <clears throat> we were thrust into the culture of silence where you, you don't talk about any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you don't talk about Bruno, you know, it's uh, to reference uh, Encanto. Yeah. yeah I, um, I, I, I'm totally lost. Where was <laughs> there must have been a, a movie I missed somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's it, honestly, if you if you sit down and watch it and with the mindset of spiritual abuse and watch that movie, you'll be like that person that is this person. That person is that person. <laughs> you know? no, which movie? I, I missed the name of the movie. Encanto. It's How do you a, spell that? Is it a, it's a Disney Pixar. It's not Pixar, right? See, Yeah, I, it's just Disney. I stopped oh, watching Disney a couple okay, of days. I didn't yeah. watch that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were thrust into this culture of silence, like where you just don't talk about those kinds of things. And because we brought up the question, it was we kind of were given the cold shoulder. And we approached like, hey, what's going on? Well, you you came up against leadership or you did this and you did that. And a lot of this stuff that we were doing, it was like, well, these are not sin issues. These are issues with you didn't like what you what you heard from me, basically. You know, and uh, what it came down to is we were thrust into silence. We couldn't say or do anything, even though they said you have to do this. You have to do that because this is a biblical thing. Uh, So therefore, we were trying to do the biblical thing, just like they said, which wasn't 100% biblical, uh, but it seemed like, well, they're just not doing their part in it. So it got to the point where we tried this one last time for reconciliation and, and walked through things, and the uh, the silencing got even more deafening. So, so of course, they were really reasonable, yeah. and you were able to part in, on good terms, right? And I, I wish. It was all a bed of roses at the end, right? Yeah. No, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. No, it, it, we Who we saw tried. That coming? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we definitely tried. We definitely tried, uh, especially with a, a lot of like, hey, work through this kind of stuff. And and honestly, it really wasn't clear. It was kind of like do the biblical thing, but we're not going to say exactly what we think you should do. Uh, it's kind of guesswork as far as what we did. And uh, then it's turned around where we're no longer a part of the uh, serving in this church or anything. So therefore, you know, like, am I the demonized one? Uh, Did I do bad? And of course, we can't let the leadership look bad or anything like that. There's no humility in that. That's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, see. Yeah. I'm glad that point was not lost upon you. Oh, no, it's it's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. And so. Uh, in, in Hebrews, it, it says uh, to to obey those, but the word obey is yield. And so you're yielding. It's kind of like having the idea of getting under an expressway 
and you yield to the traffic, it doesn't mean that the traffic dictates your destination or behavior in every area, but that there's certain things you do. And it's by observing and imitating their lifestyle. Why? Because they're servants. They're the ultimate servants. Uh, pastors and elders live in glass houses and everyone around them has Windex. And so we observe and <laughs> imitate their behavior for that reason, because they are imitatable. They disciple us. Imitable. Uh, pardon? No, imitable as the opposite of inimitable. Yes, yes, yes. And, that, and that's important. <laughs> that's largely missed. I, I want, uh, as a, I, I didn't grow up in the church. I became a, a Christian uh, from atheism. Uh, my wife and I, she had grown up in the church. She became a believer when she was about 12. Uh, so she had pretty good understanding of scripture, which paid off for us later on as a whole group of us started going to a, a particular kind of a church. And uh, uh, let's say severely fundamentalist. Most <laughs> uh, churches are particular types. So. I'm not going to go into all of that. But uh, you know, men with long hair are living in sin was one of the themes. And so I, I as it happened, I had long hair back in the 70s. Some, like Ron might remember those days. Uh, I, I had platform cho shoes, uh, yeah, yeah. bell-bottom pants. We had more hair even and back then. I actually had hair, yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and so we'd meet with a pastor for dinner and we'd talk through those issues and he'd say, well, it's really a matter of conscience. And then the next Sunday you would get up and preach a sermon on the sinfulness of men having long hair. Uh, and then we call him back. And it was a matter, have, of, a matter of having a seared conscience is what he meant. That's uh, what he... Maybe, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. then we would talk about, well, women wearing jeans and, and uh, you know, it's, it's you, you know, you have to decide. But no, I wasn't talking about you on the man with long hair. I was just teaching the Bible. So if you're convicted, you know, that's the, that's the problem. And so uh, the next yeah. week, uh, he, he'd talk about women wear, dressing like men and how that's homosexuality. And that was, we really kept running into this. And, and he was pretty unconfrontable. And at one point, he asked us to leave the church because we were, you know, practicing independent thinking, which is really not. And told all of the people that had come to the church with us that we were serving Satan and we were trying to be divisive in the church and does disassociate from us for that reason. And they did. Mm -hmm. well, I, I didn't know all this part of your story, Don. Yeah, uh, part but, of my story. So like, I, but I noticed the DeGilios have studiously avoided naming this group. Uh, so I'm going to assume <laughs> that you don't want to at this point. <laughs> um, I, I mean, for our listeners that know us, they probably already know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's not like... Well, in, in that case, go ahead. We're, we're, we're fair game for that. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Is it a big group, a small group, a hole-in-the-wall group? Is it well, no, no, no. It's it's a part of a de denomination. I grew up in the denomination, and it's mm. we we believe everything that they have, you know, like we're, for the most part, anyway. So, doctor, uh, you agree with? Them. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like it is a cult, but the way that things were handled was cultish. Yeah, that right. can happen. Um, yeah. Well, it, the other thing, like you brought up, um, like well, we talked about certain music and whatever you know brought into churches um some of that was part of it to where we were we were starting to question like the denomination as a whole we don't have an issue with but certain churches are bringing in things that are yeah. to, to us questionable um but that wasn't even the thing that started at all that was just kind of part of it um i think our only hesitation in saying anything is we still live half a mile away from it yeah uh, I, I can understand that 
the well, uh, sure, and, and and more and more churches, unfortunately, because they lack discernment, are bringing in, uh, you know, Jesus culture, Hillsong, uh, you know, Bethel music, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, if you raise that as an issue, boy, the 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 pastoral staff can really get their dander up over that. They don't want to be confronted because they will claim. Oh, we look at every song and we make sure that it is uh, not heretical. And my question, because we had this happen in our church as well. My question is, okay, why would you go to a group that is known for having being heretical to get some music because a few songs may not be heretical, but aren't you then still giving your stamp of approval on the groups as a whole? They want to be relves. They want to be relves. Relves, yeah. Relves, yeah. The, um, I see. So, I've made my impact. And, uh, the, uh, we will never be the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll um, never be a rel. That sounds like something you see in Star yeah, Wars. It, <laughs> you've, left, you've left your mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, last for the last, Don will tell you. I had Don as a guest in my church a few months ago, and I've been doing a series on the cults. And the last two weeks, I did. Uh, I I finished up dealing with spiritual abuse abusive churches and i'm just wondering if you have ever heard of this book in particular uh churches that abuse i think by... i've seen it i haven't gotten to that one yet though oh it's a good one um i used it as a kind of a template for because uh the author has criteria for abusive churches and i'm I was, as you were talking i was wondering how many of these criteria were uh applicable the first one is authority and power Abusive churches misuse spiritual authority. Then there's manipulation and control. Abusive churches use fear, guilt, and threats. Uh, elitism and persecution. Uh, abusive churches see themselves as special. Uh, lifestyle experience. Abusive churches foster rigidity, and particularly, I think you kind of touched on this, <laughs> lifestyle issues. That they, those are the ones that they confronted you about, right? Lifestyle right. issues. Right. Uh, set. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't even know if it was lifestyle. I, I think it was just, hey, we're curious about what's what's happening, what's going on, um, and it was just really kind of put off to the side, put on the back burner, and we right, were told right. like, no, and, we and, don't, and, we don't mean and, it that way. <laughs> in, in our case, it was lifestyle issues. In your yeah. case, it's something oh, else. Oh, it was yeah. more strictly yeah. in Don's case. Uh, abusive churches discourage questions. Um, that's what the discipline's all about, really, sometimes. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, abusive churches make leaving painful. Um, how many of these can you relate to? Uh, all 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> abusive church, I forgot number, the last one was, I didn't put in here, is abusive churches affect your ability to count. Um, <laughs> can leave a lifelong impression, you know. Um, one of the things that I shared was, and then I'll turn it back to you guys, um, in, the, in our own confession that we follow in our church, uh, it says God alone is Lord of the conscience and has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men which are in anything contrary to his word or beside it, that is, you know, not in it, basically, in matters of faith and worship. So that to believe such doctrines or to obey such commandments out of conscience is to betray true liberty of conscience and the requiring of an implicit faith. That means unquestioning faith uh, and an absolute and blind obedience is to destroy liberty of conscience and reason also. Uh, 
do you think this kind of is what they were kind of asking you to do to some extent? Yes. A little bit, yeah. I, I think most of it, if not all. Yeah. So this is uh, this was adopted by uh, this is the Savoy Declaration version of it, which um, I put some annotations in there that I explained. The Sunday, Second London Baptist Confession, they all basically say the same thing. Um, so they, they, with just some minor wording differences, I shared yeah. that last week. So basically, this was this was the consensus of the 17th century uh, Christians, the Protestant Reformed, was um, the Lord God alone is Lord of the conscience. And if it's not in the Bible, or especially if it's against the Bible, you're not to obey it out of conscience. Uh, you're not to be expected to obey it as a matter of conscience. In other words, I'm obeying this man, not because he's telling me what's in the Bible, but because he's telling me. <laughs> That's it. It's him who's telling me. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there are way too many scrupulous matters in Scripture to say whether or not this, you know, this is black on white. And uh, I mean, I, we've learned so many different things that we can't just approach it with just an open mind. You know, it's like if something's going to be taught in a certain way, I have to automatically question why is it being taught that way? Like, how did where, you come to approach it, it this way? Yeah. yeah. And, and how did you actually come to the conclusion that you got to? Like, you say this is scripture. This is point A. And you got to point B. Like, actually, <laughs> right, right, right. You, got to, you got to point C, D, and E. But where's point B? You know, like, how did you do it? What were right. some of the, the points A and B? Could you give us an example, a relatively safe example of? Can you show them? <laughs> Can you show them? Can you the uh what which one the, the abuse the abuse or the yeah. Yeah. yeah can you bring up that bullet list oh oh i'm sorry i thought okay. you didn't want to, i, I didn't know which one you're talking about uh, show he, he, the, he, thought, show he thought he had expended all his bullets and he i didn't thought either. i thought yeah, okay they, they, maybe they are done looking at that so let me uh bring it back up here uh, there we go so um i'm just going to show you you want dr enroth's uh, list yeah. right yeah okay. yeah let me uh quickly just display the whole thing and then bring it up again Here we we're go. almost there we're almost there there we are so um do you care if i go okay um i have no problem sharing like the story we just don't usually like say the names or anything um okay. To protect but, the innocent, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it really had to do with a very specific section of leadership of this church. And um, so the authority and power part was um, a huge misuse of the word unity and church discipline without using those, they didn't use those words, but church discipline was put on us by saying that we were not in unity with the authority and the way that um, the other word used a lot is the culture of this group. Um, I've come to not like that word. <laughs> um, but I mean, words that were specifically said to us were, you were coming up against authority, but we were never told 
like in what way like and how that was a sin how, how are we against it what, what yeah. are we doing against it? yeah i mean because our thing was no we're trying to be in unity by having clarification and having these conversations and um then we were also told well the elders are there to protect the pastoral staff um from... well, that sounds familiar <laughs> i've heard that before yeah we both kind of went where's that in scripture and then um we were also told, well, shouldn't a lead pastor be allowed to to hire and fire whoever he wants to? What over no. over shouldn't, the shouldn't what an elite pastor? Is that, was that the word I heard? The the lead, yep, the elite oh, the lead, lead pastor, oh, yeah, the elite lead pastor, yeah. Okay, isn't that one in the same anyway? I don't know. <laughs> but it but it was a it, that was in reference to two situations with pastoral staff that were um, given the option to resign. Or to be fired um, over non. You don't live in the Pacific Northwest area, do you? No, nope. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of which areas we were also very close and involved with those pastors, and so they knew we were upset about that, and that was their comeback. Well, shouldn't he be allowed to work with whoever he wants to? No. And I said no, not in the way that it was handled. <laughs> well, no, it's not. You know, it's like this is another. I. The, the the congregation has a right to choose its own leadership. And this is my opinion. Okay, so I, I'm going to say that I, I'm, I don't have a particular verse to back that up with. This is just based on 2,000 years of experience. So other people are going to disagree with me. But I think evangelicalism has pretty much landed on that spot, most yeah. of it. And if you've picked him as your leader, that doesn't, you didn't delegate all of your all of your, um, you know, all of your ability to pick your own leadership, you didn't just give it to him. So, okay, I've, I've, I've ranted. Go well, in, in, in truth, and Ron and I have spoken about this before, mm -hmm. they have a particular church government in, in his church. We have a particular church government in our church. Uh, some is elder-led mm -hmm. churches. Others are congregationally-led churches. And a question that comes to me quite often is, which is the biblical model? And I go, yes. And they go, what do you mean? I said, yeah. the truth is, everybody has a voice in the government yeah. of the church. They vote by their nickels and noses. Right. So whether it's an elder-led church or a congregational-led church, you can have abuse by the pastoral staff of the congregation, or you could have abuse of the pastors by the congregation. Uh and in all cases, as an individual, you can choose to stay or leave. That's your choice. You vote based on that choice. If you stay, you're voting with your nickels and your nose. You're there and putting money in. If you leave, you're taking <laughs> your vote with you. Your nickels and noses exit the door. So as far as I can tell, whatever the form is, the, the best example I think we have is probably Act 6, the apostles devoted themselves to something very specific teaching and praying we will devote ourselves to teaching and prayer they said you need deacons that's a subset of leadership that takes care of other aspects of the body life in all cases they were accountable that's a big point that churches tend to miss today the accountability yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> So and, and and one of those, but but so you know we want to help those who are uh, and, engaged in trying to build uh, particular kinds of a church. 
and we have a, a sponsor for that. Uh, yeah, we do. Ron yeah. is lighting himself up right now to let people I, know. I, 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 yeah, because our friends at World's End Theology Outlet, your one-stop uh, resource for half-baked heresies, dubious doctrines, and other ideas whose time has gone, um, they uh, have some questions, and that is that begins with, um, are you troubled by the existence of countless Christian denominations? Do you tend to think that everyone's judgment is questionable except yours? Do you have a nose for excellent marketing opportunities? Well, the heterodox company presents the do-it-yourself do one true church kit. It has everything you need to shut untold millions out of God's kingdom. At the do-it-yourself one true church kit with it, you get, I'm looking for my buttons here, doctrinal options, practical options, your own church history, proselytizing gimmicks, and so much more. But wait, you also get a scores of church architectural plans and building and rental options. It comes with ringing endorsements. A pastor in Indianapolis says, thanks to the do-it-yourself one true church kit, my disciples are so narrow, they can look through a keyhole with both eyes. A pope in Phoenix says, it's a great product. I've never had so many people kiss my ring. A church in Philadelphia says, go away. Now that we're the one true church, we don't waste our time with spiritual peasants like you. The do-it-yourself one true church kit, everything you need to shut untold millions out of God's kingdom only at world's end theology outlet i can see you're gonna line up and get that right as soon as you can once you left that one true church you were in you gotta get your own don't you, you, you gotta just, get your own going you can take, right you can take the guy out of the one true church you just can't take the one true church out of him so anyways <laughs> so <laughs> so it was after that experience that you decided to start your podcast so now we can move on to talking about what that accomplishes which is really dedicated to going through the bible kind of book by book chapter by chapter verse by verse in its historical context is is that yeah. kind of summing up what it is you're trying to accomplish yeah i i think it's kind of 50 50 some episodes are going to be like that uh, other ones are you know we might hear of a topic or a, a little quip here here and there and we'll kind of break it down and say, hey, you know what, this is actually what scripture says. Uh, and, and not all of them are going to be like, they were totally wrong or anything like that. But there's a lot of things out there that uh, still people are suspect about. And I don't blame them, honestly, because, you know, <laughs> look at what's what's happening in the church, especially in, in here in the West, you know. Um, yeah. So we want to be we want to present the, the gospel and present scripture clearly uh, so that when they do hear the truth, that it's they know it's actually truth. You know, uh, the best illustration is uh, to identify counterfeit money is to yeah. know the actual dollar bill or well, hundred dollar bill. I don't think anybody's making fake one dollar <laughs> bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, to, know the, to know that to know the real thing. <laughs> if you're gonna, well, if you're gonna take a chance getting caught spreading counterfeits, don't do it with a, a single, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah. did you find, do you find this podcast a little therapeutic for you? I, honestly, it, it's been even more for us just to get things out because we get, we found ourselves in, in two ruts. Uh, one of which was like, Hey, we've learned so much stuff 
And uh, one of the things that we were, I was told personally, because like, I mean, when I was in high school, I was a solid C minus student, D plus, you know, and now it was you like, had, yeah, you had, some, you, you're telling us you had standards. Is what I had, yeah, I, it was, <laughs> and I hit those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, post, you know, some, spin it. Yeah, some subject, it, it was like, okay, yeah, I did a little better there, but it was like, I think they they showed pity on themselves by getting me out of high school. Um, <laughs> uh, just just get me out of there. Uh, so, of teachers, it, <laughs> so it got to the point where, you know, I I've always thought of myself not the best school material. Uh, and even going into college, I dropped out of college after two years after changing my major so many times. And then God got a hold of me and was like, go here. And I went there uh, for youth ministry and I was still like, I'm not the best student, but I still did it. Uh, And then going to work on a master's, I, I was like, this is a total God thing that I was able to graduate with honors with distinction because that is not me. Like, well, you know, you this was amazing. Right? <laughs> you had somebody to beat on your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it was just an amazing thing that I, I really felt God completely taking, uh, giving me that direction that I needed and really discipline and helping me in that discipline. So learning so much stuff, it was like so exciting. And then to turn to go to the very place where I thought like I would be welcome to discuss diff- different matters. And I was told, well, we actually don't use that when I do my sermons or anything like that. When we do teaching, we don't use those uh, different cr- <clears throat> different criticisms or anything like that. Textual criticism, historical criticism uh, when we approach scripture. And then I was told, well, education is not everything, a.k.a. <laughs> Uh, it's like, well, yeah, it's not everything because we, we also need experience. We also need different teachings. All like, we have to have better understanding and we're not going to get it just from taking a couple classes. And sorry, our two-year-old just woke up. Yeah. A little background uh, information there. So yeah, it's kind of like somebody said to me, you know, uh, you know, knowing Greek is like wearing underwear. You don't have to show it to everybody. Um, but, but and you know there's a point to that, but sometimes you do have to kind of explain it. Well, yeah. it, it is in front. In fact, I yeah. I called Ron earlier this morning on a question that because he does read Greek and he could go through and and uh, someone had made a comment on the website about a particular word in John, and I went, yeah, I don't think that's right, but like the author they're quoting says, I don't read Greek, but I can read someone who does. That's true. I said, I don't read Greek, but I know someone who does. And so we walked through that. And it, it it can be helpful, but our translations are generally pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So it could yeah. be nuanced that's a problem. And but our translations are, are usually pretty good. However, however, it why would a pastor say we don't really use those resources if he's studying for a sermon? Those stuff can come into play. Yeah, it, it definitely. The, yeah. So you you do it you do the podcast partially for yourself or maybe a, a I mean, but also you're probably not the only one that's left this church. No, and, and in fact, uh, since COVID, I guess different reasons for that 
uh, people have left for health reasons for not wearing a mask or wearing a mask, you know, all those different arguments, vaxxed on that, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but they actually never went back. Hmm. And, and, and that says a lot. It was like they were established there and uh, they they were serving in different areas of the church, multiple places in the church. And yeah. uh, then when it was like, hey, you know, a lot of this stuff has dropped. A lot of people just, you know, they don't care anymore. Uh, it's gotten to the point where they've established themselves in another church hmm. where they were like, you know what, this is, I feel as though something has been lacking. And that's what we experienced as well, uh, Danielle and I, uh, because we, we left that church. And then when, when we started uh, to attend this other church, it was like at least almost weekly that the pastor would be saying something in his sermon that we were talking about. And it was like, wow, like not only we are we on the same page, but we're in the same book. <laughs> wow. uh, and that being uh, the Bible. And a lot of it, like he would be saying things that were almost verbatim. So we were like, you know what? This is the place. Uh, so now that we were plugged in there and being able to serve in different. Uh, I'll bring the two year old over. There. I want to see. Oh, do you have her? Oh, she's got some bedhead going on. How are you or doing? <laughs> well, you know that that's a, that's important. My I, I love my pastor. Now, as it happens, right now I have an addition to my church home. I'm interim pastoring, so I have kind of both things going on at the same time, which makes our life complicated. Let's say, yeah. But he has a love for the Word of God and for God and for his passion is guarding the flock. <laughs> that is his passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, we were concerned when we first started going. Our Joy and I, are, my standard procedure is when we move to an area, we're looking for home church. I usually try to meet with a pastor for lunch to explain, here's who we are, here's what we do, are you comfortable with us in your church? Mm -hmm. Because I have a red pencil personality, frankly. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I listen in a particular way. And I go, the, for those who don't know, I had to do this this past Sunday. Back in our day when I was uh, young, and we went to school, we actually had to hand in our homework, and they would grade it. I, I know that they're kind of reticent to do that these days, and, and they <laughs> would use a red pencil to go wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and so I still have a red pencil personality, and he said, I am really good with that. Oh, yeah, Cork, he says, you actually talk with your pastor? I do. <laughs> uh, and uh, And he's great, and he is always concerned and if he gets to a point where he's talking about something that could go in a number of directions he will say now i'm going to give my view on this and if i'm heretical don is listening he's going to tell me <laughs> uh, and that's kind of an inside joke and everyone gets it right now and uh, i had a pastor years ago a uh, church i went to where i lived previously and he understood apologetics and and uh we got along quite well and we're out for lunch one day, and I said, you know, I noticed, Pastor Fred, you're you're kind of like watching someone cross a stream, an old country preacher watching a stream. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, because you're really solid most of the time, but it's like you're crossing a stream, you step on a rock, and you step on a rock, and then you step on a frog, and then you step on a rock. And he smiled, and he goes, well, yeah, sometimes I need that frog. <laughs> I thought that's interesting. So he's not yeah. teaching heretical things. Mm -hmm. He sometimes takes a point that's not quite biblical to get to his next point, which is biblical. Now, you're not talking about that exactly. You're talking about something that is just wrong. Yeah, I, it's kind of like 
I, I, I want to talk about it. It's kind of like, you know, you, you hope and hope and hope to get this gift for your birthday or Christmas. And when you finally open it up and it's, it's, it's even better than I thought. It's like the next best model or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're so excited. You want to tell somebody, you want to talk to someone and to somebody that would understand right. and that could grasp what you're also talking about. I mean, like <clears throat> working on a master's in biblical studies is not like your average Bible study group on a, on a Sunday morning. Right. Um, just going through a, a book by some author, you know, um, struggling and, and fighting and wrestling with those hard passages in scripture. Those are the kinds of things that I love talking about, even though you may not get a hundred percent perfect answer or hear what you want to hear. Uh, but I mean, the pastor we have now, like, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but most of the stuff we do, but we're able to have a conversation regardless. Yeah. So, And, what, and that um, has been the most healthy thing for us to be able so, to do. So, Del, what number show is this? I'm sorry. What number uh, webcast is this? What, uh, 287. So we got to mark this down. 287 was the day we had our first toddler on. <laughs> it took us 280. She, I don't think it she's got a lot to say too. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. we're all ears, but yeah, um, turn your volume down then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one of the problems is: do they give you a forum? And most churches, there's a, there's an opportunity at some point, maybe, not, it's, you know, during the service is probably not a good time to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I have an issue with what you just said, or I have a question about it. But it's there's something, there's some time when you could do it. Was there a time? And uh, uh, normally this might come up maybe, you know, out in the lobby area. It could you, you might take the opportunity to ask your pastor the question at a fellowship dinner. You might stop by his office. You tried one of those, I assume, and didn't get good results. Uh, some of the approaches were just in passing. And uh, I, I kind of feel like maybe it was uh, apparently the dog <laughs> took her Uh-oh. snack. Yeah. The dog what? The dog took her snack. That wouldn't be She's yelling at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of it was in passing. So, like, honestly, it could have been awkward. I love awkward situations. You know, it, they don't, I, I, it takes a lot for me to get uncomfortable. You and you both. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> and uh, I mean, maybe at just in the moment, he didn't know what to say. But I would think after how many years of pastoral uh, leadership that that's not one of those things that you would say. You know, what, and other. What, what is it one of those things? That, uh, that we just don't use that or education's not everything, you know. Yeah. Um, Did he go to seminary? Well, that, there are churches, by the way, that do say that. Large churches, Willow Creek Community Church, not that long ago, was in search for a senior pastor. And in uh, the criteria of what they're looking for, they were pretty specific to say no theological training necessary. They, they accidentally got somebody with it, but... Um... I so, think that's the problem. <laughs> the, the attitude isn't good. The So he... Um, he had a degree of some kind. Uh, I I assume, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what don't it know is or where. So it, it, to me, yeah. education isn't everything. It's almost the same as saying learning isn't everything. Yeah, fact, and, and honestly, and just and even just in general terms, like not even talking biblically, but in general terms, 
how, how do we survive without learning something? Well, um, you probably know that the Greek word for disciple is methetes, which basically yeah. means pupil, yep. student, learner. Okay, that kind of implies you were in a some kind of a setting. Well, they were. The apostles were, they were a, a little kind of a traveling school. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what they were right. during the ministry of Christ. Right. So, so they were discipled into what he was teaching, and they in turn discipled others into the same teaching yeah. uh, or trained them. Our yeah. task is, as you move up in Christian leadership, is discipleship. And I contend that you disciple unbelievers into the faith. Yes, you share the gospel with them, but that also is a process because almost, it is almost never the case that you meet someone for the first time, you give them the gospel, they go, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it's usually it, a, it's a journey. It takes time. Yeah. yeah. So you disciple them in the faith and then you disciple them after they're in the faith. It's sort of an ongoing for the rest of your life process of and, learning. Uh, maybe you've heard of Ray Vanderlaan and his... Um, his videos where he goes to the Holy Land. And one of the points he makes, I think he was talking about Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel. He was talking about rabbis. And so Jesus, in a way, in a way he was not a typical rabbi, but in a way he was. And the way he was, was that the rabbi students followed him around. They didn't just, you know, it wasn't just a lecture format that they learned. Yeah. They, they yep. followed him and, and observed his his manner of living, and and that happens whether we plan it or not. So in other words, when we're discipling, if we conceive it in our heads as <clears throat> just I stand in front of a lectern and I deliver a message, and then you guys take the quiz at the end of the quarter or something, that's that's really not all that's going on in discipleship. They're watching you. You're, yeah. You're, they're, they're and so with this pastor was doing was he was showing you how he's discipling you so, yeah you know I, i'm kind of an anti-intellectual you know person <laughs> and, and he was kind of hoping you would catch that spirit you know <laughs> which, which, which i'm sure a lot of his his pupils his disciples did mm -hmm. you know so, yeah and, and it, it has to be true because we didn't hear it just from him that education isn't everything Right. We heard, we heard, we well, also heard it from an elder as well. Isn't isn't that though what Paul says in Second Timothy two two as he is writing to his son in the faith <laughs> Timothy? He goes, uh, actually two one and two. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Yep. Isn't that what we're talking about? That's what discipleship is. Yeah. I I mean, from my perspective, if I were in a position like that, I would seriously look at myself and say, hey, you know what? I don't got that. I don't have it. So I want to plug you in somewhere so we do have it. You know, like if this is something that our right. church needs or the area and I cannot do it, then I'm going to put somebody in there that can right. do it. Right. Well, and that's that's body life. That's how it works. Now, and 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 we're not talking about everyone has to agree on everything. We've said that several times. Uh, but it would help if they did, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, Ron, Ron and I don't agree on, on a number of things, but we agree on the essential. It would help if you agreed with me more. I mean, you know.
And uh, Joy and I have been married 51 years. We dated three years before that, 54 years. We don't agree on everything, and she puts up with me anyway. Uh, or like the Jay, late Jay Vernon McGee, who's a name you may or may not know. If you don't, you should uh, find out who he is. Uh, but uh, he would lay out a number of views in his teaching uh, as they came up, and then he would say, but if you want to be right, <laughs> and then he would give his view. Uh, but he was pretty fair and balanced, and he was open to discussion, debate, dialogue. Uh, I think that pastors should do that because mm -hmm. people have questions. Yeah. And how and, can you come to terms with them if you don't ask them? Yeah. And, and I get like a lot of a lot of pastors, especially bigger churches, are not going to be able to reach absolutely everybody. Right. Uh, but that is that goes along with discipleship. How are they discipling to the elders, which were therefore go disciple the next person? How are they going to communicate to everybody if they can't reach everybody? They do it through others. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and sometimes it is the way someone else communicates what the the answer to what the question is from their perspective mm -hmm. that a breakthrough happens mm -hmm. uh it isn't that the information that was conveyed by the pastor is necessarily wrong but it was that the one who was hearing it didn't understand it in a way that was helpful to them some things are more caught than taught yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. hello there <laughs> So your podcast, and we have a link to it, by the way, in the uh, in the bottom uh, description panel, so that people can go to, to listen to it. Uh, uh, do you ever do it live, or do you just? Uh, is it always Memorex? Uh, we we pre-record yeah. usually. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, uh, then we pre-recorded, yeah. and uh, and you offer Bible studies. Yeah, thing. currently we have we have three on our website on First Peter and Second Peter and Jude, and we did one in Amos, and I'm in the middle of working on one for the Beatitudes, but it's really really hard. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I'm looking at your website right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Beatitudes. I I preached on started preaching on that a couple of years ago, and it is it's a challenge. I can recommend some commentaries for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, oh, I've read a couple so far. <laughs> There's a, there's no shortage of commentaries just on the Sermon on the Mount. So mm -hmm. right, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, so what is then your your desire for those who tune into your podcast? What is it that you want them to walk away from listening to you with? What do you want them to take away? To be curiously in love with Scripture that you want to keep on revisiting it and because that whole thing with you know i prayed the sinner's prayer and it's a one and done deal like that's not how that goes um like if if uh you know i showed up for my wedding and that was it like that's <laughs> you know um yeah. that'd be that's boring pretty good, pretty you know I, analogy there, yeah, yeah. Um, you have that little one right over there i don't think yeah that well that's our fourth one yeah that's our number wow. four or four how, how old is the oldest uh, she's 12. Oh, yeah, she'll be 13 in December. So yeah. your older kids got a little taste of what was going on in that church? Uh, yeah, at the time, uh, they were getting to the point where they would 
maybe start understanding some of the stuff, but we really wanted to protect them so they didn't get some preconceived notion as to what church is like. We didn't want to, I mean, we're, we're open and honest with them about, Hey, you know what? We were really, really hurt. Okay. So and, I, I was uh, just going to ask that question, you know, because the two of you come off as kind of happy go lucky people, you know, and yeah, we're both, we're both <laughs> just, the babies of our families. That's why. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> my, my youngest brother is like that too. So, um, and, but you, you have some scars, I would think maybe I'm looking for the word. Maybe that's the word. Yeah. Well, not tats, but scars. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely have a sunburn right now because we actually have sunlight. Yeah. So you're still um, dealing with it. I, I honestly, there are days where I welcome it uh, as a reminder to say, hey, you know what? I have these scars and I want others to know that there is a way through it. That's a good attitude. You know, and it, like, yeah, these these scars heal. Sometimes they break open. Uh, but I want people to understand there needs to have you need to have this passion for Christ. Right. And for the true Christ, because when that spiritual abuse happens, you have to realize the real Jesus compared to the counterfeit Jesus. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. A lot of these churches, they, I mean, your, your church had an evangelical statement of faith, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, if they had one, I hope they had one. Yeah. Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, probably used a lot of the same jargon and lingo that terminology, would, yeah. terminology that you would have in a regular evangelical church where, you know, that the knowledge of the gospel is here, you know, that's there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, Paul says, you know, he's, he's concerned about the Corinthians. He's concerned about the people in what he called the, the saints, saints in Corinth at the church in Corinth. He called them saints. He said they were sanctified by the Holy Spirit, that, that we're talking about definitive sanctification that brought them into the kingdom. And, at the same time, he says, I'm concerned that uh, if someone comes along and offers you another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit, you'll just go along with them. And so another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit can get into an evangelical church, a Bible. Mm -hmm. yep. And yeah, you, you want your kids well, to know. And, and we're, we're watching that happen even now with the Enneagram. It is going into so many churches, and it clearly has another Jesus, another gospel. With, uh, another spirit another spirit yeah. so yeah yeah uh, all right great now we're gonna have to go into a wrap-up mode here because ron has other things he i got to go do. pick up two little kids one of them had eye surgery last week so i'm gonna see her for the first time since she had that but yeah so we, we have thoroughly enjoyed uh, you being part of what we're yeah thanks for having us on thanks for coming yeah, on and, and mm. now that you've been on here you know you have definitely been had oh, that's <laughs> And Ron, would you be kind enough to waltz us out of here? Oh, I would be glad to. Our resident cult leader profiler is Neil before me. Our wardrobe manager is see how it fits you. Our culinary services are provided by Chef Ham and Cheese. Tinfoil Hypervisioner is just in case. 
Our Jehovah's Witnesses coverage comes from Armageddon and the opposer. Our Mormon Archives manager is Polly Gummis. Our Liberal Denominations Bureau Chief is Lucy Goosey. Our transgender issues coverage comes from Ben Hur. Our special correspondent for cults based on the Hindenburg disaster and flying turkeys. Oh, the humanity. Our fact-checking supervisor is Jolie Pulling. Technical assistance comes through Murky Research. Our legal advisors are at the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Our grievance resolution director is Giovanna Pisami and director of privacy assurance is wiretapping. Oh, here's the end. Original idea sourcing comes from Drew A. Blank. The Unknown Webcast is a production of Midwest Christian Outreach, Inc. in cooperation with Emergency Manicure Productions, both of whom are solely responsible for this content, although you will never be able to prove that in a court of law. Never, never happen, never happen. <laughs> now, it is time for the Royal Wave. The Royal Wave. Ah, uh, see...